0: Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Asad Lazarus, Chief Client and Development Officer at Purchasing Power. Purchasing Power is a voluntary benefit company that offers employee purchase programs for brand name consumer products, online education services, and vacation packages through convenient payroll deduction. Asad and his team seek to help employees achieve financial flexibility, especially in challenging times. Asad, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Great to be here today, and thanks for having me.
0: Of course. So since we are talking about financial wellness and that sort of education, one big thing that's weighing on everyone's minds is the potential for a recession. And experts actually say that there's a 61% likelihood of that occurring this year. So what would you say are the most effective ways to educate employees about financial wellness kind of getting ahead of this issue? You
1: know, being effective at educating employees, I think really starts with an acknowledgement and commitment to what you just said—the need for financial health and wellness for employees. And I think the challenge in some situations is that employers may not truly believe their employees are stressed financially, you know, and the problem may not be obvious. So I'll start by saying that being effective requires a commitment to an understanding of the fact that. employees are quietly struggling with their finances due to the macroeconomic trends you mentioned that are really outside of their control. You know, obviously that financial stress impacts both the employee and the employer from a mental health, productivity, and engagement standpoint. So, you know, that said, some really good practices for educating employees, I think, include first, review what options are available to you seeking out the support or leveraging resources that are provided by current financial providers to offer to employees that could include in-person seminars, uh, lunch and learns, and various educational tools that aren't being leveraged. I think introducing more benefits for employees that expose them to options for better financial support is, you know, also an option. And lastly, I think taking the opportunity to communicate year-round, especially at opportune times, like January is financial wellness month, you know, tax season's coming up, holidays are a period of spending and stress. So again, offering educational tools and and channels that are preferred by employees so they can stay informed year-round to make, uh, I'd say, better financial decision. And maybe the last thing I'll say is, you know, meet employees where they are. Don't make it too complicated offer financial guidance and tips that address everyday concerns with practical solutions. A great example is to encourage employees to check their annual credit report to see where they are and to correct any mistakes that may occur.
0: Right. That's good advice. And you had mentioned how holiday spending causes stress and employers might not even be aware of their employees' like financial situations. So what role do you think that financial wellness plays in helping mitigate like, the effects of burnout and mental health struggles and stress in general?
1: Well, let's look at maybe employees first. Actually, last year, in an effort to better understand employees' personal level of financial stress, we at Purchasing Power commissioned a research study with harris Poe to examine economic uncertainty, the pandemic, and other factors that are impacting people's finances. Uh, We also wanted to better understand the impact on employee stress. We found that 97% of Americans who are employed experience financial stress, 44% have difficulty paying bills on time, and 37% live paycheck to paycheck, while 17% or so are unable to cover monthly living expenses. You know, financial wellness benefits help by providing resources, uh, confidence, and peace of mind to ultimately uh, help to reduce stress for those employees. From an employer perspective, financially stressed employees are twice as likely to look elsewhere. So there is a retention concern, right? Because employees looking for a new job are many times dealing with critical cash and debt issues and less confident that their current employers care enough. In addition to retention, I think financial stress has a proven and direct impact on employee productivity, attendance, and engagement. So having financial wellness solutions, both immediate and long-term, I think a great way to meet an employee's needs today, tomorrow, and in the future.
0: Definitely. And speaking to um, learning financial literacy and that sort of management, do you have any advice for creative or cost-effective ways to teach that to your employees?
1: You know, the good news is that a lot of employers, they have options, especially with the enhanced focus on, you know, financial wellness over the past few years. There are a lot of practical and affordable solutions that can help employees better cope with anxiety and stress. Student loan debt repayment programs, early wage access solutions, other unique benefit offerings like here at Purchasing Power, where employees with no access to cash reserves or affordable credit can afford or avoid, I should say, predatory lending to acquire the products and services they need. And on top of the benefit, it provides to employees many of these solutions can be provided at really no cost to the employer. You know, what we found is that there are educational programs to address money management topics and resources that can help employees and there are great organizations out there doing great work in financial wellness. As an example, last year, we partnered with two nonprofit organizations, Working Credit and Spring 4, to provide additional financial wellness services to our customers. Uh, with Spring Four, customers have immediate access to a platform of tens of thousands of vetted financial resources where they're able to connect with local nonprofit organizations designed to help them regain financial control or repay loans. And with Work Credit, uh, they're a nonprofit that provides one on one counseling opportunities for credit and personal finance education.
0: Gotcha. And you had mentioned a little bit earlier about how financial wellness is like inherently a retention issue. While companies might have these sort of like financial literacy benefits, their employees might not be aware of them. So, do you have any advice for assessing what sort of financial wellness packages and incentives and education programs would best suit your uh, workforce?
1: I'd really encourage HR leaders to first take a step back and into their employee shoes because an effective financial wellness program really requires an employer to segment their workforce to offer a more thorough set of solutions that meets the needs of all employees. And what I mean by that is that employers generally offer a good portfolio of long-term financial wellness benefits through insurance and 401ks. Uh, and while there's no question, these are important benefits. They won't help people who are living paycheck to paycheck. You know, today's financial struggles often impact lower wage minority employees impacting their stress, mental health and the like. And so they need more short term financial support from addressing debt and spending to becoming more aware of, you know, resources for support on utilities, childcare savings and the like. So you know, I think that profiling your employee base, taking a look at, you have a lot of hourly workers, lower income earners, and sometimes having some honest conversations with them to get feedback on what they really need is actually a helpful approach to trying to understand what benefits to potentially provide. So doing that is critical, acting on it, being as comprehensive as possible, and then communicating these offerings often and in multiple channels and ideally tracking results and, and measuring the program impact.
0: Right. So you just said that you have to consider your worker demographics when facilitating and spreading this information. So in a different vein, like are there more effective approaches to employee financial wellness that you've seen work in practice?
1: You know, I think it's just as I mentioned, it's the communication and introducing a lot of non-traditional benefits that get to the broader and more comprehensive set of folks that are out there. You know, I could talk about, and I think I brought up some of the things folks are doing, from early wage access to student loan debt, and even what we do here at Purchasing Power. I don't want to oversell my program, (laughs) but I think the you know, creative things that folks are doing are really in the areas of coaching and counseling one-on-one to get to folks that really, really express the need and really deploying, I think, more unbiased type services to folks, those are important factors to consider.
0: Right. We spoke a little bit earlier about the potential upcoming recession. So do you have any best practices or advice for people to kind of financially prepare for this before tough times like full on impact them? Uh, You mean relative
1: to an employer?
0: Relative to an employer or employees, uh, whatever is easier for you to speak to.
1: Again, I would go back to just the breadth and depth of the benefits that are being offered. You know, as people prepare for a recession, obviously education is a critical part of that. And having people, you know, understand how to make some of the right decisions and think about conserving their spending in the right way. But also making access available to them for tough times. A lot of folks won't be able to make it week to week. And what options do they have to, you know, make sure that they can deal with a emergency expense or a situation where they're they're unable to pay their bills? And whether it's, you know, their refrigerator goes out or washer dryer, they need to get a laptop for their kid in school. They may not be able to do that through traditional lending mechanisms. And I think being able to go to a benefit like ours gives them an option to do what they need to do in a very transparent way without any hidden fees or any surprises. So I think thinking about benefits that really can address especially immediate near-term needs for the hourly workers and the, the folks that are more lower income that are struggling paycheck to paycheck. That's a um, pretty important consideration going into a tough potential recessionary period.
0: Right. And kind of like speaking to that accessibility, do you think you could expand a little bit more on earned wage access and how that can help employees in um, like emergency situations?
1: Yeah. So, you know, earned wage access is simply a, a solution where for individuals or employees who have already worked their hours that are waiting to get their paycheck it's an opportunity for them to have access to those funds in advance it's it's like an advance of their paycheck where they're able to capture those funds to meet some immediate needs you know that's one of several options that are out there again there's early wage access there's the ability to pay back over time in a interest-free type of way with our solution And there are obviously personal loan solutions that exist out there, too, that can be offered to employees.
0: Right. And I have one final question for you, unless there's anything else you'd like to add.
1: You know, nothing really to add other than I think that it's hard to separate financial wellness from the stress and mental health side as well. At at Purchasing Power, we've come to view financial wellness as the third piece of a wellness pie. That also includes you know, mental health and physical health and wellness as well. Yes, financial stress affects our ability to sleep, our appetite, our ability to concentrate or complete tasks. And so when people experience prolonged financial stress, it can negatively impact their health too, leading to other issues. So you know, if you're not mentally or physically or financially healthy, you can't do your job as well as you usually would. And this affects your relationship with your coworkers and employers as well as your performance. So I, I encourage employers to think about this in full context of how financial and, and mental and physical health all interplay.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. Thank you for that. So my final question for all my guests is what are you looking forward to this weekend since this podcast airs on Fridays? Okay. Well,
1: I am a big football sports guy, so um, we are in playoff season for the NFL, so I'll probably be glued to the TV a little bit. Some friends watching football, so looking forward to that this coming weekend.
0: That's awesome. Do you have a team that you're rooting for, or at least hoping we'll make it far?
1: Well, unfortunately, the teams that I root for are out.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs)
1: I'm just generally a sports fan and enjoy watching it with friends and family. So that's the plan for the
0: weekend. Well, I hope you enjoy some good football. <laughs> but Assad, thank you so much for joining me. I had a great conversation with you today.
1: I enjoyed it as well. And thanks again.
0: Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.